Hello, everybody, and welcome into the college rugby wrap up. We are back after the holidays. Full, I hope, on some turkey, whatever you guys had uh, for your Thanksgiving meals. Took a little bit of a week off because we just had, we ate so much food we couldn't do it. Uh, but we are back now and we are still have a lot of great rugby on the horizon here. Uh, college rugby took that weekend off with us, uh, but we are back. Zach Lanning, along with my colleagues Josh Rescio and Colby Marshall. Uh, Colby, start. How was your Thanksgiving, man? How's it going? Josh, same to you, but Colby, we'll start with you. I appreciate you asking, Zach. It was tremendous, I, I have to say. Got to spend some quality times, uh, quality time with the cousins. You know, we actually coordinated a, a, a dance for the entire family, so that was really fun to do. And obviously, it had some great food, not too much turkey, uh, more sweet potato pie, mm. you know, mac and cheese. It's great, great, great stuff. But also, I'm just super excited that I got my lock it up, lock lock it in for the week pick, correct, this week. I'm not going to spoil it because we're going to talk about it later, but super pumped about that. And, yeah, ready for a super awesome episode. Yeah, we will get to that. Uh, Josh, you and I weren't so fortunate on that. Uh, but how was here before we get into that? How was your Thanksgiving, Josh? Thanksgiving was great. I um I I collected all the people in San Francisco that are my friends that didn't go home for Thanksgiving. I took them up to my parents' house and uh, forced my family to cook them a meal. So you know, I really I felt like I was bringing the community together. You know, so it was great. You were you literally? I think that's great. Yeah, that's a that's one way to do it for sure. Uh, good on you. I make, um, make up for some lost time, Josh, of not doing anything for the community. You know, um, I, I felt like it was it was a it was a good deed that was well overdue. So, yes, very good. So uh, we will say now, Josh, we, we'll get into plenty of college stuff. We have a lot of great college stuff on the horizon for today. Playoff extravaganza part two here. Uh, we have the CRA Fall Classic we're going to talk about. We have NCR, uh, their tournament in Houston this, this this weekend as well. So a lot of great collegiate action on the horizon. But we do need to talk about the uh Huge uh, eagle in the room, I guess we could say. Uh, and it kind of ties in with Josh, you're locking up last week where you guaranteed a victory for the USA men's over Portugal uh, in their final uh, effort to qualify for the World Cup in the Guaranteed. Yeah, you, you guaranteed it, Josh. You all but said that they there's no way they could lose. And to, to your credit, they did not lose. Uh, technically, they did not lose that game. <laughs> um, so but we still gave you the L because the USA still received the L. In the draw with Portugal, 16-16, failed to advance uh, to the World Cup, guys. Uh, big, huge blow right there before Thanksgiving. Uh, what are what are we thinking now, guys? Where are we at? I've had we've had a couple weeks to cool off. I'm sure if we recorded last week, it would have been a different top of this episode. But where are we at, uh, Josh? We can start with you because that was your pick. You 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 mushed it. So go ahead. <laughs> I don't I don't think having an extra week is actually um, has helped <laughs> in the situation. The World Cup for for soccer actually makes it worse. Uh, I think watching it, but uh. Oh, they've had a lot of draws as well on the soccer side. Just their draws are a little more productive than our draws. So true. Um, Hold on, we won in our last match, so that's true. Give them a little more credit. We did. That's true. Um, That was a hard game to watch, man. I mean, for as much as the attitude was, it almost felt like the attitude was that we're going to go there. Like this is, you know, this is ours to this is ours to win. We got this. I'm actually surprised it was a draw. I, I thought I thought like Portugal had um, 
so many opportunities to just break away on the outside against a USA team that just did not, I mean, they just kind of seemed beat up and they didn't seem like they had it in them. They were making some dumb mistakes throughout the game. I felt like the, the serve was handing us the game for a while. I mean, two yellow cards on an offsides, you know, so it's super frustrating that we're not going to qualify. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I, I had to spend a couple of weeks contemplating how, uh, how sad I was about it. And, but, uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get back together and still enjoy a world cup. Someone actually said this to me recently. They, and I, I hope this changes eventually. And I hope this isn't the model in the U S I was talking to someone and they said the world cup is more fun to watch when the U S is not in it, because then when we go to the world cup, we just get demolished. I'd like that to change, <laughs> you know, like, I think we all want that to change, but um, yeah, I guess I'll enjoy another world cup and not watch the U S participate. Yeah. I think that is sad, but true uh, that, yeah, the pressure's kind of off. We don't have to worry about tuning in, you know, every, every other day to watch, uh, watch us get our, our, uh, you know, our stuff handed to us. Uh, but I don't, I, I, I don't want to like, you know, to my own horn, but I did, see the tie coming from a mile away because it was the most painful possible outcome. So if you check my Twitter about like 50 minutes into the game, 60 minutes, I tweeted like we are, the U S is going to draw this game with Portugal and we're going to lose the ties and we're going to get, you know, eliminated. The tie is coming. Uh, and that is what ended up happening. So Colby, uh, your thoughts on, on the tie here for the U S and kind of what we do moving forward. Yeah, I mean, from a fan's perspective, it's incredibly disappointing. You know, we're not going to see these guys in the World Cup next year. Um, why Why do the matches end in ties? Why is there no extra time in a match like this? Well, it was a pool, it was a round-robin tournament. So, like, Portugal – so th- th- this is the worst part, too, if you think about it. When Portugal played Kenya, first off, Kenya's coach <laughs> should never coach again for his horrible <clears throat> subbing throughout the tournament. But Portugal was able to just – lay on the score at the end of the game and that gave uh, them the point differential that they didn't have to worry about winning the game so the, all they needed it was a draw based on they had a greater point differential than the u.s yeah. even mm-hmm. though they were probably were they tied with like total points for wins and draws for wins for so they both had two wins yeah um but yeah one draw. Portugal, okay Portugal. so they both had two wins and they had the goal differential advantage okay yeah. what i what i had read is that kenya rested all their players in preparation for the winnable match against hong kong so they played the u.s tight in the first game with all their best players which it wasn't even a tight match but they played their best players then they rested oh. that against portugal so they could fuel up for the hong kong match but i think they ended up losing anyway uh so you know, tough, tough break for you. But you can't, we talked about it all year, you can't leave it to that. You know, you can't allow Kenya's roster decisions to keep you out of the World Cup. It just, it should never have come to this, Josh. You said it a million times. Uh, yeah. But we don't have to dwell on the game. There is one thing I really, really want to talk about. I've been burning to talk about this whole time is that after this fiasco, there was a lot of talk, obviously, what's going to change at USA Rugby. Things have to change. You know, I, I, I can't imagine... Gary Gold, even though he is, I read today that the winningest coach in U.S. rugby history, and he's had some really solid wins on you know in his career, beating some European sides. I think you know their first win ever over like a, a one of those tier one nations. I think he beat Scotland a couple of years ago. Um, probably not gonna gonna be around for the next World Cup cycle. So who was gonna replace him? Well, there was a lot of talk about Eddie Jones, the current coach of England, uh, who has said that I, he's gonna be moving on after this World Cup cycle. It's gonna be his final kind of cycle with England. Um, and I was pumped about that. I thought that was great news. Uh, I was like, wow, this that would be huge if we could get 
Eddie Jones, who has built a successful program in Japan, you know, played the game at the highest level in Australia, had success in Australia, went to World Cup final with England, has had plenty of success with the England national team at the highest levels of the sport. If we could get him to come here, that would be awesome. Uh, but I was not I was in the minority, I think, in that opinion. Uh, and then you also have Ross Young who came out in an interview with Alex Corbacero on his podcast say that that's that's a pipe dream. That's, you know, they would never consider Eddie Jones. Uh, I'd love to hear what your guys take is on this, because for me, that that's crazy that you wouldn't even you know, if if he had Eddie Jones had come to the U.S. and said, hey, I'd love to coach for you guys. Let's make let's work it out. Whatever the sum of money it was, he's Eddie freaking Jones. Like, why would you not? want him to coach this team guys and tell me if if i'm crazy here or not i mean yeah eddie jones is not far removed from winning coach of the year or world rugby coach of the year right back in 2017 so he'd obviously be a great asset to the u.s men's national team with that being said i think this kind of exists in soccer i don't know how much it exists in rugby but the idea of hiring a manager that isn't the nationality of the team is sort of frowned upon and not even that it often doesn't work so um as far as like you can look at the u.s men's national team in soccer like whenever they hired somebody um you know that wasn't of american descent they didn't last so it's uh maybe that's something to consider but i think there he'd be an asset in my opinion so i agree with you zach yeah i mean i heard that argument you know as well and i would point out i guess that like you know He's not English either or Japanese, or I guess he is, you know, he has some connection to Japan, but uh, he also, you know, Gary Gold is not an American. And I guess he's the winningest coach to ever coach the U.S. national team. Uh, And Josh, I guess I can, you know, let you jump in here as well uh, before I move ahead on your your original thoughts here on Eddie Jones. I mean, my, my I love it. I mean, I would obviously, obviously, if you have that opportunity to have someone of that, of that magnitude to come coach your team, you're going to, you're going to do whatever it takes to get them. Um, the problem I see though, too, is that we're not, we're talking all about coaching when realistically there's just so much work that USA rugby has kind of overlooked because we've been dealing with so much with the bankruptcy, so much with just kind of like changing figures at the top that realistically you have to take the USA soccer approach and say, let's take a look at the pipeline. Let's take a look at what rugby looks like in the United States and let's get it right. So that when we come to the cycle of preparing for hosting a world cup, we're not only confident in our national team, we're confident in rugby as a whole throughout the country. And we're just not there. Like, you you know, we talk about college every week, look at college right now. It's such a divided, <laughs> divided sport throughout the country with all these different conferences, different people that are, you know, figureheads saying they know what they're doing. USA rugby has to step up and take that leadership. I'm not saying they have to tell everyone what to do, but like they have to set the agenda better so that the foundation is there for whoever is coaching the national team to be successful. And we're just not at that place right now. Yeah. And I I've heard that argument as well, you know, like why pay Eddie Jones a bunch of money to come in and coach when you could invest it in the pathway program, you know, and kind of youth rugby. And I get that, you know, these are all people that rugby minds in the U S that I respect who, you know, have made these comments on Twitter, like, you know, let's, Build, let's do it the American way and, you know, build up with an American coach and American staff. But I don't trust any of the people 
to do that right now who are, who are currently, you know, in charge of doing that. And maybe why not bring Eddie Jones in to be the director of rugby or high performance director or something like that? You know, maybe not even the coach, because I don't think we're a coach away for sure. Even Eddie Jones. Yeah. I don't think the coach is necessarily the issue. Um, and I understand that, you know, maybe he doesn't have a firm grasp of how the American collegiate rugby system works or how our pathways work right now, but he's, He's Eddie Jones. I've said it a million times. You know, he built a, a program in Japan that is now like a continual contender, you know, and that were, were nothing before he got there and built that program. Uh, and so he at least knows how to do it from from the ground up. So why not have a mind like that come in? And then maybe he can groom a few American coaches like there's just nobody who 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 else do we have that would do it? I mean, there's nobody else out there. Scott Lawrence is the name that keeps getting thrown around, but was not you know, uh, was brought into Gary Goldstaff and has not, you know, distinguished himself really in any way on the national level, whether or not that's on him or whether, you know, Gary Gold maybe had something to do with that. I'm not sure. But, you know, he's really the only name that comes to mind. Half the best college coaches in the U.S. aren't American coaches either. So, like, you know, what the heads of most of the, you know, traditional programs, Jack Clark, you know, is he's not going to leave Cal. Like, you know, there's there's nobody out there who I think is is ready to step into that job. Uh, So why not? You know, and the, the, the most telling thing for me is that look at Georgia, you know, the country who have just beaten Wales, have beat are continually playing tier one nations tough and have done it their own way. You know, the Georgian way they've had, you know, a homegrown coach and players and, and program. And even they were like, Eddie Jones, come here and coach us. You know, they were ready to throw everybody overboard and bring Eddie Jones in to coach that program, even though they've been winning without somebody like Eddie Jones. So. And maybe it's not, maybe Eddie Jones is not the, the guy to do this, but I'm saying like, why, why are we so willing to turn our noses up at, you know, somebody with that kind of level of experience who's willing to help us out? Uh, that, that upset me a little bit. Cause it seems like we're just getting in our own way, uh, you know, for the, for the, the detriment of, of USA rugby, but I, yeah, now I'm at all over again, guys, we can, we can move on to college now if you want. I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts on that, but um it was just a frustrating weekend of discourse for me online. Uh, so, and, and everybody has a lot of thoughts on what we got to do next. Um, Goff had a great op-ed on it as well on his website. If you want to read that, you know, most of it focuses on developing, yeah, the youth pathways, you know, which I hope they they do focus on going forward. But again, I think there needs to be some changes in leadership. Yeah. At, at, uh, at every level, but anyway, rugby still fun. We all still love it here in the U.S. We have a lot of college love games it. to talk about. Uh, college has. I have a question, Zach. Uh, yeah, quick go. question. What about a guy like Marty Veal, who just led Rugby United New York to an MLR championship? Does a guy like him get any? Uh, you know, does he does he get any looks at maybe a job at the national team if he has another one or two great years in the MLR? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think they need somebody in now, but I think they should they should consider any candidate you know who's willing to put their hands up that has success at any level uh i don't know what marty veal's resume is in terms of international rugby tests but you know if he, he does seem to have some success but like as i said you know earlier i don't know if like you know x's and o's are really where we're at now like in terms of our issues at the international level like are we really are we getting out schemes like probably a little bit but i still think we have the the players at this point you know and that has to that's a development side of things so is marty veal you know, is he a, a great developer of talent uh, at, you know, young talent? I don't know. Um, Cause there's more that goes into it than just, you know, the, the X's and O's on the field, but it's possible. I would say if he, if he, had, you know, wants to put his hand up, I would, yeah, I would say consider it for sure. 
See what you guys are doing. You're getting my man Zach's blood pressure all up. USA I know. I'm, it's killing me. I've, after all the food I ate now and the stress, it's not uh, not good for me. But we'll uh, we'll settle in with some relaxing, some relaxing college rugby talk, and we will start uh, with probably we talked NCR a little bit more a couple weeks ago in our episode. So we'll start with CRAA and the Collegiate Rugby Association of America and their fall classic, which is happening again this year. Uh, and Josh, you know, you're, you're going to be involved with that actually with, you know, with USA rugby who have just spent some time, uh, you know, trashing for unrelated reasons, but they're also, you know, this is a great thing they're doing to help develop some youth rugby in this, in the country and, you know, holding these fall classic tournaments. So we can let you kind of take it away uh, in terms of, you know, your excitement levels here for the fall classic coming up this weekend. Well, I, I first start off by saying I finally made it to the big leagues boys where <laughs> We're finally there. So maybe maybe I'll infiltrate and I'll I'll try and put in uh Zach your word about uh who should be coaching the national team. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm sure that'll carry a lot of weight. But uh yeah, kudos, Josh. I call rugby kudos to you for breaking Thank through. You. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, I love the fall classic. So this, you know, first this is the second year that they're doing the fall classic um in this kind of format in North Carolina. Matthew Sportplex, I don't know if you guys have ever been there. It's a great, it is a fantastic venue. It is probably going to be one of the premier kind of like college rugby venues, I think, for years to come. So it is a perfect venue to be having this event. Um, the teams that we have coming is is going to be wonderful. I mean, one for one, we get to see another Lindenwood first life game. You yeah. know, is Lindenwood going to have another five peat? <laughs> Are they going to have a five peat or is life finally going to get a championship here? Um Leading that game off, that really sets the stage for just a wonderful weekend. Uh, getting to see Colorado State, who, you know, Colorado State is a team where we we see them constantly, you know, battling some of the toughest teams in the country. BYU, um, you know, maybe kind of playing some teams out west, sometimes getting to play Grand Canyon or maybe Arizona or whatnot. Um, getting to play Kentucky, who Kentucky this year got a tie against Ohio State. So, I, uh, you know, I love what CRAA is doing in the sense of they're not just trying to just, you know, find the teams that are willing to travel there. They're seeking out teams that are going to help us build a better picture of the state of rugby throughout the country. Right. Let's let's get these teams that never get to play each other and let's put them on a field together and let's make it happen. Um, I think it's going to be a wonderful weekend. I think it's interesting that it conflicts right with ncr's uh time in houston you couldn't uh, have it any other way josh I, couldn't I have it any be. other way <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah I, I i'm so excited to be there I'm, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to you know to cover it and uh i think i think we're going to get some amazing rugby throughout the weekend yeah i there's a lot of great matchups uh we'll, we'll dive into some of those specific ones right now but i do also love uh, the you know the fact that they're kind of doing a, a bowl system, which is reminiscent of kind of the college football scene as well. Obviously before playoffs, but you know they still they still have a few bowls. I, I like that of tying that element in. Uh, but we can start with you mentioned they're trying to bring together teams that never really get a chance to play each other. Uh, well, the first matchup is two teams that play each other. It feels like all the time in the championship uh, matchup, and that is the D1 Elite Women's uh, Lindenwood versus Life Championship matchup here in the fall uh, to get here. Life beat Central Washington University in the semifinal 22 to 19. So a very close game uh, in the semifinal there for life. Uh, good job by Central Washington, who had a strong fall. I think they've had some really solid games uh, and they played life pretty, pretty tight there under uh, their first year without Rosalind Child, the helm of that program. Uh, and Lindenwood 
got here a little bit of easier path. Penn State forfeit uh, the game in their semifinal matchup, uh, citing numbers issues. So Lindenwood probably would have made it here anyway, but uh, did not have to play that semifinal game. Uh, so, Colby, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Who do you think comes out on top? I guess that's the last thing you need if your life is Lindenwood getting a bye going right. into the championship, right? <laughs> right. I mean, without Rosalind Chow, it's uh, going to be an even tougher battle for life, but they've been pretty solid this year uh, with the new coach. I want to go with life, but I think that Lindenwood is just the better team. And, you know, with the extra week of rest, I think they'll take um, full advantage of that and win the national championship. And I think Lindenwood now rested and possibly getting back a uh, an Eddie Hungatau who was, you know, just come off of, of weeks of international rugby you know boot camp training and has motivated probably to to win something here uh so even more dangerous team josh what's what's your prediction for the game i'm i'm surprised colby didn't didn't uh take the chance on life yeah (laughs) it's usually your mo colby yeah i know um well no rosalind child there this year so i'll have to build rapport with the new coach maybe she'll give me a t-shirt um Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to try and stay neutral in this, you know, I can't, right. I can't pick, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I think it's going to be a closer game than people expect. And I think life is going to have plenty of opportunities to win the game. Um, I do think Lindenwood in the end will probably get the, get another championship under their belt. Yeah, we can uh, leave you out, Josh, of any specific picks here. Uh, that that that's fine with me. I mean, I I, I do think Lindenwood comes away with it here. Uh, but you're right; maybe it is a little bit closer than people expect. I think you know these teams also uh, turn things up to to full blast in the spring as well. But um, yeah, it could be could be a close game. We'll see. It's uh, definitely a test uh, for life early on here, um, and should be uh, should be a great game nonetheless. Um, the other championship game that we have here, specific championship is the d1 women's fall championship uh between navy and utah state so navy the defending champs uh defeated north northeastern 52 to 5 to get here uh, and utah state beat yukon 43 to 5 so two pretty convincing wins here by two pretty solid teams um i i like navy in this one again to repeat i think they're just a very solid solid squad on the women's side you know and their men's team is, is doing big things as well this year but i think on the women's side they uh, they've been here before. They know what they're doing, um, and they are a, a very, very well-rounded team. Uh, Colby, since Josh isn't picking, what's what's your pick here for this one? Um, that's a tough one. They're both coming off big victories in the semifinal matchups. Um, I'm going with Utah State. I think they'll come away with the victory. Um, just only because I like Navy so much on the men's side, I don't envision uh, seeing a double for the men and women's side at Navy. So I, I got to go with Utah State. Right. That's fair enough. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see who comes out on top. Maybe we can make that our locks of the week, Colby, and see if we can go head to head on that uh, for the title. Gosh, you look, you look puzzled. Well, no, I'm not puzzled. I think one, I, I like your pick. I will say one thing. I, I think this game means a lot to Utah State. One, it's huge to have to come all the way out to North Carolina at this time of the year, you know, end of the school year, um, end of the semester. Uh, I, I wouldn't doubt Colby's pick. I, I think, you know, Nate, you talked about Navy's been here before. They've done this before. But, man, Utah State definitely has to play a tough schedule. They have to play some big teams. You know, they got BYU right on their doorstep as well. So I, I think they're battle-tested and ready to put on a good show. 
Yeah, we'll see. That game should be great. Five o'clock uh, on that one. All these games, by the way, on the Rugby Network uh, streaming as well this weekend. So uh, should be yeah some good rugby to watch there. Then you have now, guys, the two D1A Men's Bowl Championships here. Uh, the Mint City Bowl, which will be Colorado State versus Kentucky. Josh, you talked about that a little bit beforehand. Uh, and then you have the Men's Hornets Nest Bowl, uh, which is a great name. And then also two great teams in that one. I think this might be one of my, my favorite matchups. On the weekend, you have a a Big Ten clash uh, of Ohio State versus Penn State. Not really in rugby because Penn State doesn't play Big Ten, but you know an overall NCAA Big Ten clash. This is a huge game. Uh, I like uh, I like the matchup here. Ohio State didn't necessarily. They obviously lost to Indiana there in the Big Ten championship, but they won last year. They're a great squad. Penn State had a bit of a down year in rugby East, but you know they are always dangerous guys so uh what do we like out of this matchup i mean this is this is just a classic josh you're a big 10 guy too this is a pretty classic matchup it really is and it's going to really set the stage of where the big 10 rugby is you know penn state's not in the big 10 because you know for years you could have viewed penn state as saying like they're going to dominate the competition um i think that's changed and i think ohio state has the has the chance to put on a good performance that maybe we start thinking about penn state as you know i'm not saying penn state's ever going to come to the big 10 but it would be nice to have the Big Ten actually be the Big Ten <laughs> and to add Penn State into that group uh, would be really cool. So I'm I'm super excited to watch this one. It would make too much sense for college rugby almost, Josh. Not everything can can make sense for college rugby. It, so. You know, someday I can dream. I can dream. <laughs> hey, Colby, what, what about you? What do you think of this matchup here? I mean, this is uh, this is big time. This is the, the nightcap here, 7 p.m., Saturday Night Lights. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time matchup. I yeah. love – I love – um, I love Penn State in this game. I do. I think, you know, you're right. They have had a rough year, but they've been battle tested. And I think they've been battle tested more than RL State has been. So I'm going with Penn State. Uh, I'm I'm actually with you on this, Colby. I, I like Penn State in this matchup. I think despite the fact that they are maybe probably that gap is tightening a little bit, Josh, like you said, between these two teams or between all the teams of the Big Ten and, and Penn State. I think Penn State still still you know uh, a cut above so i think uh, it's going to be close but i think penn state you views this as a chance to kind of right the ship here at the end of the fall uh, and get a big big statement win uh to end the fall season on so i, I look for penn state to uh to, to win this one but nonetheless should be a fantastic fantastic matchup uh, and then the final matchup will have the d2 women's fall championship on december 4th uh so that'll be the following day in the afternoon that comes uh It'll be between the winners of Temple versus Vassar. Vassar, the returning champs from last year, uh, as well as Colorado School of Mines versus U.S. Coast Guard, which I think is a very interesting matchup of two teams we do not talk about a lot uh, on this show. You don't hear much about on the college rugby landscape, um, but nonetheless should be a good matchup for that as well. Uh, so we will have to uh, make those picks when we get that final final matchup there. Uh, but any final thoughts here on CRAA, guys, before we move on to the NCR? Um, I mean, just just speaking on that Division Two games, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because Vassar and Temple, uh, both those semifinal games, Colorado School Mines and Coast Guard, are going to happen the day before. They're not going to happen on the same field. They're going to happen on a separate field. So playing two games in two days, that's going to be really tough. Vassar, um, I'm pretty sure, was the champion last year, so they're coming back um, and really used to it. But the team that everyone has been talking about that I think really they think is going to be able to pull away with this is the Coast Guard. Uh, United States Coast Guard Academy has had a really good men's team over the years to see this women's team make it this far and be in this position 
Um, I think it is really, really awesome to see. And it just caters again to the fact that service academies have been pumping out some amazing rugby programs for years now. That might be the future. That's something to watch as well as service academies and their relationship with the game. Uh, and, you know, whether they, cause necessarily those, the, the students who attend those academies can't necessarily play any of the major sports, you know, like a football or basketball, just cause those pro teams aren't willing to kind of, you know, wait around for them to fulfill their service contracts. So rugby might be a pretty good landing spot. Look at the, you know, U S national women's team has a lot of uh, veterans as the men's team as well on the seven side of things. Uh, that could be an interesting you know, thing to keep an eye on uh, is how the how those service academies do uh, with the game going forward. Oh, I want to talk about this also really quick. This just came up to me and this, you know, you guys may not have an answer for this. And Josh, I don't want to put you on the spot or anything here as, you know, now a member of uh, USA Rugby, but NCR does this too. It seems to me like only the women's teams have to play in back-to-back days games. Like I don't, you know, they, that happened with NCR two weeks ago where they had uh, all these teams play their quarterfinals and semifinals in the same weekend. Uh, whereas now the men's are going to have their semifinals uh, for NCR on this weekend, Saturday, and then they're going to travel to Houston the following weekend to play the finals. What's uh, what's up with that, Josh? You got it. You're on the spear on the spot here. What's going on? So my understanding with the CRA one is that their original intention was to actually have a sevens tournament on day two. Oh. Um, the scheduling, all that kind of stuff, it didn't work out. So I don't think it's I don't think it was their intention um, to do that. So that means they can't still change it. Like they're just gonna have them play two 15s games in three days. <laughs> I mean, the women women have been doing it for a long time like this. A lot of the tournaments have been set up like this, in my opinion. So um I don't know. It might just be a testament to their ability to recover and uh <laughs> be able to play multiple games. So maybe it's not a diss to them as it is much more a uh testament to their ability to play Ooh. at a high level. Spoken like oh, a true. Buddy communications professional josh uh, <laughs> i would i would i i like that i would like to see it done differently going forward and this is across the board to everybody so i don't i don't think uh you know there's that much extra that goes into scheduling to have the women play their their games not you know not this close together either but again nobody is innocent in this uh everybody's guilty so uh we will we will power ahead uh into the ncr now uh and mm-hmm. as the as i mentioned the aforementioned semifinals are all set now for this this weekend, they will be in Reading, Pennsylvania, all these games, not in Houston. Uh, that's where the women will be playing uh, their final matchups here. Just to recap, guys, in the D1 side of things in NCR, the quarterfinal matchups, Queens beat AIC 33-14, to which I think we all expected, uh, and Thomas Moore handily defeated Fairfield 70-21, to uh, which I think we yes. also uh, had expected as well. We all like Thomas Moore in that matchup. Uh a very close match between St. Bonaventure and Indiana, where I think the Bonnies jumped out to a, a pretty convincing lead uh, right away. But Indiana kind of battled back and had a chance to win it at death, um, but were unable to capitalize. Bonnies ended up winning that one 29-24. Uh, and Brown uh, handled our podcast favorite Wheeling 27-7. to uh, So one of my many bird mascot teams uh, falling here in these quarterfinals, guys. So thoughts on any of those results that, that strike you guys at it while we're, we're running through those quarterfinal matchups? I just want to quickly shout out Austin Ryan and Fairfield for a tremendous season. Um, didn't end the way they wanted to in that tough defeat to Thomas Moore, but they should definitely be proud of everything they accomplished. And they were a ton of uh, fun to watch and follow throughout the year. 
Yeah, great story. Great story where the Stags this year. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Thomas Morrill's legit, guys. And and it's uh, they are making a lot of uh, statements and they are not, you know, doing anything that would, uh, you know, that would kind of read it to the contrary of that. Uh, Josh, what about you? What about your thoughts on these quarterfinal matchups? That Bonnie's Indiana game, I think it held true to being unfair that those two teams had to play each other <laughs> in the quarterfinals. Um, Should have been a finals match, huh, Josh? Mm. Or a semifinals. I think, you know, Indiana at the start of that game, they're coming off a tough game versus Ohio State in bad weather. Um, that's just a bad draw for, for them in a way. But, I mean, the Bonnies, the Bonnies have been here before. So, you know, I, I it's no surprise there. As for Wheeling, I'm really sad there. Uh, I, I feel like we've all been rooting for them throughout the whole year. And then Fairfield, like you said, Colby, I'm pretty sure they, they I mean, to them, it's its an amazing season, right? They, they beat Iona, didn't they? <laughs> We'd made it so far without mentioning Iona. Uh, I have to keep the, you know, we got to keep the streak going. I got to deal with people, but we got to keep mentioning Iona every time. Uh, Colby, we're, not here to, we're not here to people, please. We'll talk about the Gales as much as we want to talk about the Gales. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, I mean, that game is what, Kind of put them on the map, right? Put us, um, put everybody on their, you know, on their radar. Going into that game, they were winning, but they hadn't beat anybody, you know, within the top 15, top 25 teams in the nation. And they got that dub and it was like, okay, let's pay attention to these guys. And then they followed it up with another big one in their next game. So they definitely weren't uh, just a flash in the pan. Yeah, I think big things ahead for Fairfield. I think Wheeling is still a young team as well. They'll have some... uh some great times ahead. I like AIC as well. I mean, they, you know, they, they've been around for a while as well. Uh, always kind of at the top of the pack, Josh, just hypothetically though, Indiana, who else would, you know, would they beat here if they were to draw literally anybody else in, in these playoffs? I mean, they, I probably, I guess it'd be a closer matchup with Queens, but I think Queens wins that maybe they beat Thomas Moore, uh, but Thomas Moore seems very good. They probably be wheeling, uh, but who else, I mean, who, how many other draws here do you think they could have gotten a little bit, a little more favorable for them? Uh, you can call this a stretch. I think they would have won any other game. Any other against anybody else in these playoffs. Wow. <clears throat> I think they would have. I, I I I stand true to that, that, you know, the closest game would have been Queens for them. Um, I think they match up really well against Thomas Moore and Brown based on what I've seen. Um, yeah. I, I think the Bonnies are your clear favorites right now to repeat here. Yeah, so they will, as we can move on now to, to predict those matchups, guys, but the Bonnies, St. Bonaventure plays Brown now in the semifinals, and Queens will face Thomas Moore. Uh, so, Josh, you're saying the Bonnies now, prohibitive favorites. You you have them beating Brown and then the winner of that other game as well. That's your pick? Uh, I have I have the Bonnies beating Brown. I do have Thomas Moore getting out of the game with Queens, um, but uh, I, I think it's going to take a lot for Thomas Moore to get that win. And, I, I again, I see it set up again for a, for a Bonnies uh, repeat. Uh, Colby, what about you? What are your thoughts? I want to hear your take, Zach, first before I give you my take. Wow, so you can do the opposite of me or what? You're trying to get some like uh, I'm, this, I'm, what, I'm, I'm this is what Matt does in, in the rugby odds. With, he makes John Layfield pick first and then he goes off of that, off of his arguments. Is that what you're doing here? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> don't not compare me to Matt McCarthy. <laughs> I, uh, I'm actually I think I'm the exact opposite of Josh in this is I like Brown 
to upset St. Bonaventure there. Probably, I guess that'd be an upset. Um, I, I just think they they jumped out to a big lead over Indiana and then they let them come all the way back. I, I don't know if they are uh, in top form right now. I'll probably end up regretting those words, but I think Brown is hot. I think Brown is a very, very good team and have been dominant all season. So I think they come out of that matchup. And I like Queens. I think it's finally time for Queens to realize some of that potential. I think they are a well-coached team. I think they are uh, chock full of good rugby players. Um, and I think, uh, as much as we love Thomas Moore, I don't know if they are that level yet. So I have a Brown Queens, uh, finals matchup. Uh, and then I don't, I think Brown wins that as well. I think Brown comes away with the, it as well. Uh, but I, I like both of those teams coming out. I like it. And shout out Matt McCarthy. You know, we love you, man. All love. <laughs> You're the guy. Anyway, I, I'm very excited for these semifinal games and, you know, in the game between St. Bonaventure and Brown or St. Bonaventure. Yeah, they are playing Brown. I got to take the Bonnies. I think they'll move on. And then Thomas Moore, I think, will defeat Queens. And I like Thomas Moore knocking off St. Bonaventure, believe it or not. You know, I think they I think their kicking game is going to take them a long way in these two games. They might arguably be the best kicking team left. And uh their international players, I think, will be enough to get them by and win the championship. Wow, so a Thomas Moore championship for Colby. I like it, yeah. So three separate champions, guys. I I, uh, I don't know. I think that speaks to just the level of uh, a parity here in this, uh, in this bracket. So a lot of really good teams. Any team could win on any day here. Um, so final thoughts on that matchup before we move on to D1AA? All right, let's do it then. So recap here, the D1AA uh, quarterfinals, Virginia Tech defeated Tennessee 38-34, a close one there. Binghamton uh, beat James Madison 54-21. to Louisville, one of my Cardinal teams, uh, beat South Carolina pretty handily 27-5. to uh, And St. Joe's beat UMass 15-3. to uh, So that will lead to semifinals of Tech versus St. Joe's and Binghamton versus Louisville, guys. Uh, let me get your picks. Josh, we'll start with you. Uh, I am going to go with Binghamton and Louisville. All right. There we go. My, yeah. Because of the Cardinal, Josh, or just because you like what Louisville is doing this year? Uh, I'm not going to go. I, I can't. That's your thing. That's you. You're the, you're the Cardinal man. I can't, I can't steal <laughs> your thunder there. Um, no, I, I think, um, you know, it's been a lot, a lot harder to follow these D1 AA teams. But, you know, based on kind of my experience and, you know, knowing about these programs in the past, um, I, I really I really think that uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. Or, well, sorry, it's Virginia Tech versus St. Joe's and Binghamton versus Louisville. So I'm Correct. picking Binghamton and Virginia Tech. Uh, so I'm not picking Louisville. Oh, bummer. Wow. Yeah. Giveth and you taketh away. That really hurt, Josh. Okay. Virginia so, Tech, though, I, 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 uh, I have some, I have some confidence in. They're my favorites of this. Very nice, Colby. Who do you like? I like Binghamton, and I like St. Joe's, the Philly guys knocking off Virginia Tech, and then Binghamton to win it all. Wow. All right. So you guys are all on, uh, on Binghamton here. I got, I'm got to stick with Louisville. I like Tech as well. I think Virginia Tech is their podcast favorite. They're a good team. Uh, so I, I think it's a Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech Louisville final, and I, I think Louisville takes it, guys. I'm going all the way with Louisville. I'm pushing my chips into the middle here, uh, Louisville. I need them to uh, to carry me through. Uh, so again, three different final picks for us here. 
that maybe means we're bad at this. It also maybe means these teams are all just very good. So I think I'm going to go with that one. Uh, but ladder. Yeah, we'll go with the ladder. Thank you, Colby. Um, so let's move on to the women's side of things as well. We talked a lot of men's playoffs, um, but the women in Naira, National Intercollegiate Rugby Association, they had their finals already, guys. So we'll just run through those scores pretty quick, uh, get some general thoughts before we get into NCR stuff. But in the D1 side of things, champions are Dartmouth, uh, as we I think a lot of us said. Although I think some of us may have picked Harvard, if I remember correctly. Uh, but I think Dartmouth I handled things 15 to 10. I don't know what you're talking about. Somebody on this podcast picked Harvard. I know it. I picked them. I picked Harvard. I'm I picked them too. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I Both of you. Them. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, so I, let me give me a moment to, to bask here in the glory. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, basking over. Uh, the Naira D2 semis, or actually, yeah, so yeah, those semis. Uh, Queens beat Davenport. Actually, sorry, no, these are the finals. Uh, so Queens defeated Davenport in the D2 finals. So they are the D2 champions in Naira. Uh, Davenport had a really great year. Um, and I think, uh, you know, disappointing for them, they couldn't pull it off, but this is their first year in Naira. Uh, so huge for the program that they could even make it to that final, uh, in D2, um, and Queens, they're, they're a, a program on the rise here all around. So look at their men's side, making it to the final semifinals, their, their women's side here winning, uh, in Naira, uh, a lot of good stuff for them and the D3 finals, uh, Bodwin beat UNE. Uh, so a main team here, Bodwin, uh, you know, Bodwin College will take that. Uh, so Thanks. I will take all credit for uh, for any main wins as well. State of Maine. I love that. Uh, so they are your D3 champions in Naira. Uh, Such a so, homer. Such a homer. I, I, there's not much else going on up here in Maine. I got to be proud of it, you know. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll move on then to NCR. Guys, we got the D1 matchups here. Uh, just to recap, we had Michigan beat Iowa State. Uh, in a uh, 36 to 17 victory. Uh, and then in a very intense matchup between two very good teams, University of Northern Iowa beat Southern Nazarene 42 to 29. And then in the semifinal of that match, uh, Michigan ended up defeating UNI 31 14. So Michigan running away with that side of things pretty handily, uh, I think, as we all thought. I think, you know, they are the, the best team um, on that side of the. The conference there. The other side of things, Notre Dame College beat Clemson 57 to 5. And Iowa, a podcast favorite, uh, beat Colgate 42 to 15. And then, guys, Notre Dame College, who was the number one team in NCR uh, for most, if not all, of the year, ended up defeating Iowa pretty handily 41 19, setting up a clash of the Titans here on Sunday, December 4th in Houston, Michigan, Notre Dame College. Colby, we'll start with you. Who do you like in this one? I got to go with Notre Dame College. Going to. Shot them out, and uh, I think they'll beat Michigan. And Josh, you can't pick Michigan contractually, right? Well, I, I just want to throw this out there. We need, might need to check the tape. I think I called this. I think I called this correctly. <laughs> I may have missed one of the games in between it, but I think I did call a Michigan-Notre Dame college final, which isn't that challenging as they – right. I was going to say, teams. I don't know how much credit you can get if they're the two best teams in the country, yeah. in the NCR at least. But, uh, yeah, go on. Please continue. Um. This is probably the only time that I am allowed to say this, but I will. Go blue. Yes. There it is. Michigan is going to get the win. Clip that recording, put it, store it away. Uh, that's going to be in every <laughs> intro of every college rugby podcast uh, for all time. So, uh, but I'm with you, Josh. I love Michigan in this. Uh, I think they are, uh, it's their time. So I think they finally, I think they lost the Notre Dame College earlier this year in a matchup. 
I think they it's tough to beat a team like Michigan twice. I think this is their moment. So everybody make sure you tune into that game as well. I guess I said Sunday, December 4th uh, there. I believe that'll be on the NCR YouTube page. Um, uh, so that's it for games, guys. Before we get into, you know, games to watch, it's going to be all of those games. So this is a huge weekend of championship rugby. So make sure you are glued to your couch and watching every single one of these games. Uh, but any other, uh, any final thoughts here? Uh, I think we'll get into lock it up in a second, but any final thoughts on any of the matchups? I, I think this, uh, this tournament specifically talking about the women's NCR D one tournament was really, really cool to watch really well done. I think while we maybe weren't able to watch all the games throughout the season, um, all of these teams should be really, really proud of themselves. Um, you know, even being outside of the Naira or that realm of like teams that are ready to be NCAA, th- there's some great competition within this group. So I-, I had a blast watching it. I had a blast covering it. Um, I'm excited to see these two teams battle it out on December 4th. Yeah, it's champ week. You know, we got the best of the best on tabs now, guys. So it doesn't get much, much better than this. Super excited for what's to come in these championship games. All right. Yeah, me too. Should be a great, great weekend. And we'll be back to recap all of the championship action and then preview the men's championship tournament in Houston as well next week. So make sure you stay tuned for that episode coming out. Uh, We do have one final segment here, guys. And I think it kind of ended perfectly. So I want to, I'll get your opinion on this in a second, but I think this might be, this might be where we call this fall season of lock it up here uh, because we'll, we'll run through the results here, but I, in in because I spit in the face of the holy war and questioned it whether or not it was an intense rivalry, it appears that the gods have uh, spited me, uh, and that game got rained out. So the the battle between uh, Notre Dame and Boston College uh, got got canceled. Um, so I will uh, I'm going to give myself an L for that because I think it works well. It gives me a four and four record uh, overall on the season. Um, if I would say this, though, as a note, if I had gone three for three with my Cardinal mascot picks, I think I would have given myself the W. But because Wheeling lost and only Louisville and Catholic advanced, it wasn't as cool as I as I wanted. So an L for me on uh, my my Holy War pick. I think I had Boston College winning that game, but they never played it. Josh, we already talked about this cursed us all uh, and picked the USA over Portugal. Uh, and even though that was a tie, we're giving you the L anyway, because they got eliminated. Uh, and so Colby, you were the only one to pick something right this week. You had Bonnie's triumphing over Indiana, even though Indiana did their most uh, to make you wrong on that. Uh, the Bonnie's did triumph there and we all ended the year at four and four. So are you guys happy with that? As a result, we all tie and we're all eliminated from the world cup of lock it up. You, okay, so you're trying to, Make a truce. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying for the fall. For the fall, we're tied. We bring it back in the spring, but with with one last weekend of games coming up. Isn't this the last weekend of games? So I guess it's different. Uh maybe I do this. Maybe I can track all of our tournament picks that we just made. Um and so maybe you actually if you guys can make it easier and send me an email with your tournament picks. And then I will we'll we'll see who has the better record out of all those, and then that person will win. How about that? Fine. Or our, our other option is end in a truce, end in a tie. Or we end in a tie, option. like the U.S. against <laughs> Portugal. Yeah, let's not do the tie. I'll email <laughs> you my picks. Okay, so send me. We'll all get our picks together for both the Fall Classic and both NCR weekends. So this weekend, it was the Women's Championships and the Men's Semifinals. 
And then we'll pick again for the next weekend for the men's finals in NCR, um, which I think would be cool because maybe there'll be like one of us will need a couple wins on that finals weekend. So we can do it that way too. Um, so if that works for you guys. That's going to be our lock it up championship for the fall, uh, which I think is pretty cool. We all ended four and four because it was so all over the place this year. Uh, although Josh, I think you'll argue that Matt's pick still is invalid, but that's the way cookie crumbles, man. I think it is, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Don't you love the, the poetry of this, the symmetry? We all four and four, ups and downs. No, because no, I shouldn't be. <laughs> can't say that can't say that you do. Uh and again, no Molly Wops this week. I couldn't find anything good. So uh unfortunately we won't have anybody in that segment either. But hopefully maybe we can get some playoff Molly Wops, which would be pretty, pretty sad. Uh you don't see that very often. No. Well, Guys, that is it for us this week. Thank you all for tuning in. As I said, we'll be back next week uh, with a recap of the championship week action here, the Fall Classic, NCR Women's Championships, Men's Semifinals, and we'll preview the Men's Championships in the NCR for the following week. Also, keep an eye out for a special segment we're going to have with Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, the foremost rugby expert in the Americas here. Uh, He'll be talking to us about the Canadian University Championships the college game a little bit different up in Canada, but they have a lot of great teams that are competing this weekend as well for some hardware. Uh, so we'll have a pretty good segment with him breaking all that down. Uh, that's it for me, guys. Uh, Colby, why don't you uh, sing us out of here, man, on our uh, return from our holiday break. It's the holiday season, and you're listening to the College Rugby Wrap-Up.